0: How we doing? FC live. Maybe it's like finance territory live today, talking about Shohei's money coming up in just a sec. But first off, and Adam, welcome back to the party, man. It's good to see you. We're going to find out where you are. Don't tell anyone yet, but I just wanted everyone to know that today is AJ Pruszynski's birthday.
1: Apparently. It's not, though, but apparently on Twitter it was. I don't know what happened. What? You know, everyone's calling it Tom Brady Day. Yeah, he ain't nothing. So people are putting this out there today. And, uh, yeah, I was getting random texts from people saying, happy birthday. And I'm like, it's not my birthday. So I put it out there for Twitter, and everyone's like, we know it's 12-12. I'm like, I understand that, people. But when you're getting random texts from people that you think should know your birthday, and they're like, oh, dude, I missed your birthday. Happy birthday. I'm like, no, bro. Don't be dumb. Google it. Wikipedia it. Whatever you need to do. But it's not my birthday, but appreciate the love from the White Sox community.
0: This is good exposure, though, to friends and maybe some fam that don't know your actual birthday. Because the fans are just doing it because of the number. Of course. Who else do they do that for? Do they do that for Brady? Have you seen them do that? Do you have that, Jonesy? No, no, no. I mean, I think the Orioles tweet
2: about it being my birthday. Besides that, I don't think nobody knows it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> the number, you know, sometimes they'll do the number, I guess, where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's five eight. It's, I mean, number August 1st. It's like Giants eight, birthday. eight one is not really,
2: so I don't think those numbers, that's a wide receiver. It's not really yeah. common to see, like, it pop. would be cool though. That hey, day it works. would
1: be cool though if my birthday was 12 12 and then I had number 12. That would be kind of cool, it would, but sadly, it's not.
0: Oh, wow. Well, happy birthday, AJ. Yeah, and well, Adam. Yeah,
1: and by the way, don't call it Brady Day. He played. He played football. We're not allowed to talk about football. It's my you're right now. for it's baseball.
0: Birthday. It's Pierzynski Day, which is also way easier to pronounce. Uh, Adam, <laughs> <laughs> let's find out. Is he in the woods? Is he overseas? Is he sneaking around the Grand Canyon? That's not the Grand Canyon. What is it? <laughs> Isn't it Where are
2: you? Uh, right now I am in Venice. Uh, we booked a last minute trip to go on the Orient Express. So I'm going to, me and my wife are going to get all debonair and a suit and tie and go on the Orient Express from Venice to Paris tomorrow. It's gonna be like 12 out, 18 hours or something like that on the train. Um, the previous weeks we were in Maldives and did Istanbul with the kids, so this is just a little one in one on one and go and be very debonair, going from Venice to
0: Paris. So I love it. going to be exciting. fancy. We need pictures posted, Man. so please keep definitely it will. Yes, thank you, thank you.
2: But it's crazy, you should have seen this morning though. We got in here and uh, I don't know if you've been to Venice. This, about the tide, it was high tide this mm-hmm. morning, so I sent video to Mark and is just showing him that. Uh, you know, we couldn't we had to like high step it to get into our hotel because it was obviously everything's on the rivers and on the, on the sorry the whatever they call them waterways. And we, we couldn't even get into our room until uh, we had to high step it. So I messed up my Travis Scott's a little bit. But you know <laughs> what? They just they just shoes. Adam,
1: hey. I was there. Adam, I was there a couple years ago for that. I was there the day before we left, though, and we left they had all the furniture on the tables. And they had all the walkways that are like three foot up out of the water. Yeah, We left. And then the next day I went online and looked at the cameras and like St. Mark's and all that and all the places. And it was like knee high water and everyone's just trudging through it. I'm like, damn, can't they put up like something to stop this water from coming all the way in? But I guess it's just the way it is because Venice is sinking and the waters are raising and I don't know something.
2: They said they're building waterways and building aqueducts and all this other stuff. I don't know. It was beautiful.
0: Well, if you think that's difficult to explain, (laughs) let's charge the damn mound. Eric Kratz, Mr. Money Man, you can explain to the world the way the finances break down for Shohei Otani, which has come out in the last 24 hours. I'll get the easy stuff out of the way. It's really for the next 10 years, $20 million, so $2 million a year, which obviously is what a superstar deserves, $2 million a year. Um, And we are charging the damn mount powered by our friends over at Tiza. Check out the code on the bottom of your screen right now for 20% off. So Kratz, after that, he is going to start raking in a lot of money, as in $68 million a year from 2034 to 2043. Go wherever you want to go. But in baseball terms, for simplistic purposes, the Dodgers are going to have some money to spend on the short term.
3: They are. I think the total is forty-six million. That's going to go against the CBT, and I have read more about Shohei Otani's contract and eat, than I have any other contract besides my own minor league deals that I signed. But there is, I the more I read, the less I understand how this contract works. He's technically only getting two million per year, but against the CBT, it is forty-six million. And so the actual value is $46 million a year. But then when him and Mookie are 50 years old, they're both going to be making like $79 million, something like that, to play golf and not play baseball anymore.
0: Yeah, but they're sacrificing money in the beginning to get money later on. And that money later on does not have the same value. They call it net present value, right? So the present value of the contract is about $460 million. So if you don't care about what Shio Otani's finances look like when he's like 48 years old and beyond and whatever, AJ, for most baseball fans, it's, hey, 10 years, 460 million bucks. Okay. You don't have to get into all the fancy schmancy stuff with the numbers.
1: You do. Because Why? here's the thing. Well, no, listen to me. The agency, I forget, is he CAA? I think he is. Who's his agency, CAA? Mm -hmm. They did a great job of getting 10 years 700 out there, right? So people were like, holy shit, 10 years 700. And then people started digging into what the contract actually is. And yeah, the 700 is a 700, but there's not a lot of guys in any walk of life that would say, give me 68 million later, only give me two for 10 years. But Shohei makes so much off the field, that's kind of like ant to him, right? But he'll still get his money down the road. This is smart, though, and every team you talk to and, and every person that has talked to teams that were interested in Shohei, he, he did this to every team, and I don't want to hear that the Dodgers are breaking rules or doing that. They're playing by, they just are smarter. I mean, heck, if the Pirates could have got Shohei for two years or for 10 years, $20 million and given him 680 over the next 10, they probably would have tried it. Why not? Because Bob Nutting could have sold the team after 10 years, and then someone else could have paid Shohei the 680 dollars but This is an unbelievable contract. This is great. And it's a higher AAV than ever been given out. So don't tell me that they're cheating. They're still paying a lot. But it was nice for Shohei to help them get other players. And the best part is 10 years from now, when he's not living in the U.S., he's not living in California, wherever he's living, he's going to be like, I saved like, I don't know, 30 to 40 million on taxes. So good for Shohei.
0: Bad for who's the biggest loser? We all know who's the biggest loser. California,
3: (laughs) the state of California. Was it 85 million or
0: something? Sounds like it's some like crazy number. million bucks that crazy they're going to miss out on. Oh, a lot man, of tax that's money insane. for them to take. So oh. Jonesy, if you're in Shohei's position, do you think this is cool? If this gets presented to you or you start talking this out, because I'm sure deferral talk was in there, but then they took it to the extreme, but he's making 30 plus million dollars a year. He's made plenty of money. He seems like a pretty simple guy and let's emphasize it more. He wants to win. best way to win Mm -hmm. is to have your team save a lot of money on the short term so that they can go after more players to help you win.
2: I mean, I think the teams that have shown the best to win has been the Dodgers and the Braves and the Astros over the the last – you're talking about the last eight, nine years. Those are the teams that you see in the playoffs every year. And, you know, it's just interesting. That deal is – it's – I'm sure when you dig deep into it, it gets weirder and weirder. But just imagine what they're making off of him. Imagine L.A. Tokyo. That right now you're talking, you know, you got the whole West Coast really, and then you have a hundred plus million people of Japan that are that are going to be vying to check out Shohei. The Dodgers that, like people kept saying, these Dodger dogs about to get fifty dollars. Uh, that ice cream that come in a helmet that's going to be about seventy five dollars. <laughs> uh, every, I mean, it's going, it's going to go, it's, everything's going to blow up. And like you said, I think the greatest part of the report is he gave, he presented this kind of scenario to everybody because he wanted to, he wants to win. So if everybody had the opportunity, if he presented it to everybody, I know Cohen came out and said that, uh, he was never reached out uh, by any agents or anything who knows, but if he presented it to everybody in this way then everybody had a fair chance because it's, if you're, if he's saving you money right now, again, you're going to make so much money, put it in escrow and pay him later. That's just how these big businesses do it. Um, We all know that. So, you know, Dodgers is going to make probably what 2 billion off of 700 million projected. Hell yeah. I think every team, I think every team had the opportunity, maybe not that much of an upside because certain teams don't have the Japanese market you can't force the Japanese market on certain, uh, certain cities. But L.A., that fits, you know, and it's just it, – it's going to be crazy. And, you know, it, it's going to be crazy for, for the next 10 years. But I want to see – I think somebody said it. It's going to be the first time Shohei is going to get booed. Dodgers get booed. No one booed the Angels because you knew you going to beat them. While Shohei and Mike Trout go deep, you're still going to beat them. <laughs> Shohei going to get booed. And how does he handle that?
3: Jonesy, I got a question for you. When you would cross home plate after your home run, what was your celebration? What
2: would you do? Uh, I, tapped my left, I tapped my left arm for my mother and my grandmother.
3: Okay. You know, what, you know what Shohei did after he signed the contract? He was like, the Dodgers don't have a patch right here. Shohei did the Adam Jones. He tapped. <laughs> They're going to sell that patch for whatever the current day value of this contract is. And t- people are going to be lining up for it. Japanese companies are going to be lining up for it. LA companies. I read an article that said it's possible he's going to make over fifty million dollars himself off of the field this year. And the team, so if the if he makes that, one individual person makes that. What do you think? Oh, Adam Jones' home run celebration is gonna pay. Insane. <laughs> Insane. Crazy. Insane. And he's great. He's just but he but
2: he fits the mold of baseball. Like You've talking about expansion of baseball. You've seen the baseball United. You see the winter balls. Like, you see the expansion of baseball. Who better to do it right now? I know that some some of our American guys didn't really want to take the reins of it. And and for, for great reasons so. They want to be just private and quiet. It seems like he's really interested in growing this game. Obviously, him playing in the WBC, he said he wanted to play again. So, like, this this is monumental. And we can look at the, how big the contracts are. Again, Soto's going to be in the $400 million soon. So, we're going to be talking about that soon but i think it's just great that you know he wants to be that guy he wants to be the face of of the game and you know when you're the best player and you want to do it i think it's just a perfect match and he's going to a fantastic market so again we just sell, see if the dodgers if the dodgers win they i mean i know that the all the betting's have bet mgm bet mgm i know they've been circling going crazy with all these bets going on for the dodgers but they still gonna have to play between the lines.
0: You're right, so,
1: so Adam. No, I, I want to know. He wants to be the face of baseball. He doesn't do press conferences. He doesn't talk. He he. Bar- they barely did a thing for his MVP. Technical difficulties. He didn't answer any questions. I mean, explain to me how he wants to be the face of baseball when he doesn't talk to the media. Yeah, I want to be the face of baseball True. too. If I don't have to talk to reporters, I get paid fifty million dollars a year off the field. I just signed for seven hundred million. Sure, I'd love to be the face if I don't have to talk to media and I don't have to deal with any of that stuff. I mean, he only talks on days he pitches. So, or, uh, now he's not pitching this year, so is he going to talk to the media? We haven't had a press conference yet about the Dodgers. Sure. So, you know, does he really want to be the face of the – or does he just want to get paid and win? I mean, I, that's the great greatest thing in sports, if you can just get paid
2: and win and not have to deal with some of the bullshit. I think he was able to hide in in, uh, in Anaheim. I think I think he was able to hide Anaheim. there was you know he was able to be with trout and just be like hey we don't have to you know we, our media is cool here our media is not LA They're not the, the Dodgers media I think the Dodgers media is going to ask him different questions and tougher questions and cornering doesn't matter how much you're making if you are struggling in LA or you're doing good doesn't matter we want to talk to you we need to get sound bites we need that so I think it will be a change being in LA I just think that being in Anaheim he was able to control everything. And again, he's still going to have Im- uh, immense control. But I think in Anaheim, he was able to control everything. And you know, by not having the is uh, I should say aggressive media as L.A. and New Yorks and Chicago's might have, then you know he was able to just you know skate on a little bit. But I think that in L.A. there's going to be situ- there's going to be situations where you just can't escape the media. That's you just can't do that in L.A. So, and if you do again, L.A. will call you out. And I just think that it might might open him up a little bit and. You know, we might get to see Shohei the person maybe in the second ladder of his career. Who knows? Because we, I mean, not many people have gotten to, to know him yet. But uh, hopefully, you know, by being in LA for so long, and you know, that city just brings out the brightness. Like, look at Mookie Betts. We all know, we all knew Mookie was a very talented, very you know, charismatic guy and very obviously talented and different. You know, off the field, he goes to LA the guy is a freaking rock star we and we knew that in Boston but Boston keeps you a little quiet he's a freaking rock star in la and that's just because la is you know it's a different different air out there
0: what will players say about this contract so Kratz remember how yesterday Max Muncie was like yeah we talked a little bit about the possibility of be- him being here but most of the chatter with his teammates and peers in baseball this past year was How much do you think Shohei is going to get? So what do you think they're saying to each other now? Do you think they're saying, whoa, that was a lot, but then not as much as I think. Do you think some of them are like, do you think anyone else would ever do this? If they made a lot of money already, you know, Juan Soto is going to be the next big free agent at that level. I mean, Yamamoto is going to get paid, but Soto is going to get paid, paid. So do you think guys are going to talk about this and it could change the sport at all for some of the big market teams to defer money like this? Because it is, I want to keep clarifying, very different from... The Harper contract, the, yeah, what we heard about Aaron Judge last year that they were going to try and make it whatever, 13, 14 years. That is messing with the salary cap, a.k.a. luxury tax, to bring the number down. This is deferring money so far back that it does bring the money down because the Dodgers know what they're doing with their money, as we've mentioned many times, Kratz, right? The Guggenheim group, Um, they know how to make that money grow. And this gets way too complicated and smart for me. But some people are saying that the way that they look at net present, they don't factor in those 10 years after the first 10 as well. And some people are saying the contract's really worth like $380 million to some of the finance dudes and dudettes out there.
3: Yeah, no doubt. You can definitely double your money. But I'd love to talk to Emma about it and see what she has to say about it, because this is this is all exciting for me. I I want to see how see how this money actually it's just an example of the rich getting richer because we talk about Cohen and his 19 billion valuation or his worth the Guggenheim is 298 billion that's what they're at 95 billion that's what their assets are so it's we're we're, we're talking about two different fish in the same pond
0: all right well then let's first off tell everyone check out teaser Uh, at TizaEnergy.com for 20% off your first order. You use the code FOUL, F-O-U-L, to get set up there. Okay, a lot of money talk here. And we can continue that conversation right now with Emma Bachelieri um, from Sports Illustrated joining us. Emma, great to have you on. How you doing? And I don't know how much you've caught of this, but to get your thoughts on the contract for Otani and your overall reaction to what's gone down the last few days
4: for him and the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, my first thought was kind of like everyone else's like, oh my god, how is this possible? Uh, which is, it's kind of funny, because if you think about it, like Eric was just saying, the actual real value of this contract is going to be closer to like $460 million, which is like in the ballpark of what people had originally projected. They were talking about maybe $500 million and this is that when you account for how this money is going to depreciate over time, um, which obviously we don't know for sure, but we can estimate. But because everyone was expecting that $700 million number, and we've been talking about that for two days, it just seemed like this huge, crazy bombshell yesterday to, to hear about how this was structured. And I agree, it's it's really interesting. I don't know how much of a precedent it's going to set because... He really is such a one of a kind player who, you know, has all of these off the field endorsements that really aren't mimicked by other players. They just don't have the same market because he's a unicorn. Um, And the Dodgers are obviously in a pretty special situation in terms of their ownership group. They have the biggest television contract in the sport. They're just a lot more stable and have a lot more resources than a bunch of other teams that you'd be talking about. But uh, yeah, it's fascinating. I wasn't expecting it at all. You know, I, Thought we'd get some big deferrals here. I didn't think it would be ninety seven percent of the contract, and uh, yeah, just crazy stuff.
2: Here's my question: Could could everybody do this though? Not I'm saying obviously not everybody, but could a, a handful of teams pull this deal off? If it, if it's present day's value is four hundred sixty eight million, which we I think everybody projected five to six hundred million, could could the handful of teams that he met with, who knows, have done this?
4: I think there are certainly more teams that could have i don't think the dodgers are like one of one here i do think you have to have a pretty stable ownership group like if you were looking to sell in the next 10 to 15 years that's a lot harder if you have 680 million dollars waiting in the wings to, to be paid out um i also think the television contract is such a big one that we're in such a weird place with that right now where that market is shifting really quickly we've seen bankruptcies like you know the Padres thought they were in an okay spot with their deal, and then all of a sudden, that's gone. Same with the Diamondbacks, with you know the bankruptcies of those RSNs. The Dodgers are currently not in that situation, and that helps a lot. But you know, they're not the only team that has a lot of money to spend. It Has a stable ownership group. Like there are other teams that could have done this, but I don't think it's going to start like a wave of copycats with talking about this much money deferred for this long.
3: All right, let's talk about Roberts clandestine flight from, I guess, technically from Australia to California, California to Toronto. What was his, I read your article about, you know, the interviewing him and like his, what was it, was he like, was he overwhelmed by like the calls that he was getting? It was unexpected. What was his reaction to the whole thing outside of what was written in the article, what you wrote his responses were?
4: Yeah, I I was really interested in his take, which was, you know, as soon as everyone was tracking that flight and we had an idea, it actually probably wasn't Otani. The the first thing I thought was, I want to hear from who is on that flight and what that's like. And yeah, it sounds like it was just kind of total chaos for him because he, uh, he made sure to emphasize his private jet does have really good Wi-Fi and good connectivity, so must be nice. So he normally is very online when he's in his plane but he was with his kids. He has five and a half year old twins. And so he was taking care of them and doing everything he could to entertain them. So he wasn't looking at his phone at all. He didn't see any of this. And then the flight lands and you have customs officials coming on board asking, where's Otani? He has no idea what's going on. Um, Gets off the flight, sees that his phone is just full of messages from both friends who think he has Otani on his plane friends who think he's trying to buy the Blue Jays, friends who think he's coming in to close the deal. Um, you know, there's helicopters, there's press, just this whole crazy thing. And he had no idea until, you know, he landed and saw what was going on. And at that point, it was already a story of its own.
1: Have you ever seen anything like this? Have you ever no, seen anything ain't. like mistaken anything? Like, cause reporters, baseball reporters that were, you know, well-respected people were like putting their reputation out there. Like Otani's going to the Blue Jays and, uh, he's on this private plane. And I mean, without, I guess, checking anything, uh, info about this plane. Have you ever seen anything like, I mean, in, surely not in baseball. This has never happened.
4: Right. Like, I, you know, with college football coaching searches, I feel like you see a lot of private jet tracking, but that's because how many private jets fly into like Norman, Oklahoma. Um, obviously Toronto and LA are kind of different there. And yeah, I mean, I, I certainly don't think it was a great day for baseball media on Friday. I think we had, Um, You know, people really getting out over their skis, you know, reporting things without ironclad confirmation and not caveating it appropriately. I I don't think that was great. I do think it was a lot of fun in some ways, just because, I mean, we were talking about sushi reservations and all tracking this flight. Like, it, it was crazy, but it was kind of fun. And I think, you know, certainly sad for Blue Jays fans, sad for, you know, the Upstandingness of the media in a lot of ways, but uh, just crazy experience that I don't think we're going to see again.
1: Was it crazy though? Because of we had no information. Like if there was no leakage of information, that's what made it more crazy, right? Because nobody was like, oh, even when Shohei went to Dunedin, it was like, oh, it was secret. And then Dave Roberts dropped a bombshell by saying, oh, the Dodgers talked to him. So because of the secretive nature of all these meetings and 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 whatever negotiations. It made every little breadcrumb that much more. So I think that kind of probably led to the craziness.
4: Yeah, I totally think that fed it. Which you know, totally Otani's prerogative. If if he wanted this to be private, he can have this private. Like he's such a singular player, he got to set the terms for his own free agency. Um, but that is really unusual. I, I think we're really used to seeing these things play out in the media. Whether you have you know agents players leaking little bits of info to kind of grease the wheels on things to try to sometimes play teams off of each other like it's you know pretty customary to have much more of that information coming out in drips and drabs through the press and obviously we didn't have that here and I, I do think it kind of just drove people a little bit crazy to the point where we ended up where we were on Friday just chasing all these rumors and grabbing reports that weren't you know totally ironclad and, and running with them in a way that was pretty unusual.
2: Now that's my, my question is like that- is is that annoying as you know it's like look at the biggest free agency the whole winter meetings was surrounded like what's otani doing we all like otani okay yamamoto snail but it's otani soto deal okay but it's otani isn't that annoying that's like look it let's just if you want to be the face like me and me, me and uh, aj were talking about it if he wants to be the face and i think he wants to be the face you have to be a face you know it's kind of like he's a silhouette in some in most instances. And, you know, is it annoying covering this kind of, I guess, inconsistent coverage?
4: I think it presents, yeah, it challenges. Certainly, it's very different. And I do think, you know, being on a marquee franchise like the Dodgers now, I think there will be, you know, added pressure to be a little more public. Who knows if he's going to want to do that or not. Um, but it, I think it's it's challenging, but it's not like if this is how he wants to run things, this is how he wants to run things and like there are ways to find other interesting stories here that aren't just like chasing the flow of information right so like even like talking to Robert Herjavec about his his flight like that wasn't a story I expected to be doing uh, this off season but it was something fun and interesting and like if those are the stories we're getting I think you know if reporters are driven by the interest in finding a good story like there are still good stories here that it, or interesting things, they just are going to look different. Um, you know, I think if he wants to be private about this stuff, and especially like something like this, where you're talking about a contract that's going to define the rest of your life and figuring out where you're going to live for the next 10 years and like define your career. Like if he wants privacy around that, he can have that privacy. I think.
3: Did he make the decision that will make the most impact? All the caveats of this baseball, you know is is this going to be where he wins the most world series not to be say that that's more important than he's going to have an entire impact on a country had he signed with the blue jays not to make you know light of the fact that in LA he's closer to Japan he's closer to going home to Japan although when i flew to Japan i flew from detroit to Japan and it took 2 minutes less than flying from LA to Japan the other time i went to Japan so like is signing with L.A. the place where it's the biggest, that Shohei has made the biggest impact, not saying that that's what his goal is, to make a, the greatest impact, but is that where the largest impact that he could possibly have is?
4: I think you can make an argument that it, it really is. And like you were saying, there's different types of impact. Like I agree, if he'd if chosen the Blue Jays, that's impacting a whole country in a, a different way that you just can't have by choosing any of the other 29 teams. But I think an impact in terms of the likelihood of winning, obviously, as we've seen with the Dodgers in the past, having a a stacked roster and a high payroll isn't a guarantee that you're going to win the World Series, but giving himself the best chance to be in position to win not just one championship, but potentially multiple, I think he has the best chance to make that impact there. I think in terms of, uh, you know, endorsements, off-the-field activities Tapping into both American and Japanese, uh, you know, commercial opportunities. LA is incredible for that. I think he really, you know, obviously he was already in that general Southern California market with the Angels. But in terms of like being with the historic marquee franchise that already has really great brand recognition in Japan, I mean, you can look back to Hideo Nomo and the kind of explosion of Japanese commercial opportunities they had there back in the '90s like that's well-established and there's a lot to draw from there. I think in terms of impact of potentially winning the most and also just off the field, branding and endorsement opportunities, he was going to have some of those anywhere, but this is by far, I think the biggest chance to do that.
0: So Emma, he's got a press conference coming up and I'm sure it will be busy. And we reminded Max Muncy yesterday that his life is about to change. I'm talking about Max's because it's not just the Japanese media coming over. It's just global media that's going to be covering him to the highest degree here based on who he is. So let's say you're at that presser. You get one question. What are you asking him?
4: You know, I think I honestly have to go with what is the name of your dog? It has been driving <laughs> me crazy. I really want to know why was he so secretive about it? Um, I'm sure other people will ask all the hard hitting ones of how he made this choice and what he wants. But like. We know he wants to win. He was always linked to L.A. I really want to know what is the dog's name?
1: So, Emma, uh, before you came on, Adam and I were talking about this, and Adam said he wants to be the face of baseball. And I said, well, does he want to be the face of baseball? Because he doesn't answer questions. So the over-under on how many questions he actually answers tomorrow. And why couldn't he do the press conference and give the name of his dog when he won the MVP? Oh, that's right, because they had technical difficulties, so he couldn't answer. It's amazing; I never seen a Zoom have technical difficulties, but you know, whatever. So, what do you think the over/under is on how many questions he answers?
4: I think we're actually going to see him open up a little more here, just because he's been able to prepare for this press conference. I agree; he could have prepared for the MVP one. Like, wasn't exactly a surprise that he won there. He it was, I think, really strange that that didn't happen. But for this one, he's known for months if not years that he was going to eventually have a big press conference upon signing with a new team um this is going to be kind of just like a singular opportunity for him you know i, I think he's probably spent time like prepping for all of the likely questions he's going to get it, it really is you know the really unusual setting for him to have to be at and i think if he's going in there committed to it he's already like mentioned it himself a couple times on social media which is really fair for him i think we're going to see a, a fair amount of questions i wouldn't be surprised if we see this go for you know 30 minutes plus
2: now me and aj was like I said we were talking and i said that he was able to to hide a little bit behind the the angels media la they're going to ask the tough questions you can't slide out the back door you can't go out the back room just to get to your car do you think that the L.A. LA media and L.A. markets will open him up a little bit more, though? Like I said, because my example was Mookie Betts. Boston, we knew Mookie was great. We knew he was a personality, charismatic. But you get him to L.A., it's like, this guy's like one of the coolest guys in the world.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely going to be more pressure to open up. And also, like, I mean, who knows? Because no one has talked to him. But maybe now that he has kind of that pressure off his back of, knowing like I'm going to have free agency soon. I'm going to have to probably going to be signing a record signing contract. I have all of this like weighing on me in terms of how I'm going to navigate that and how I'm going to navigate questions around that. Like now that he's done that and is able to move forward with that. And also, you know, chances are is not going to be in a situation where he's doing incredible things on the field that we've never seen before. And he's also losing every night now that that's all, you know, done and finished with. I think there is a good chance we see him uh, hopefully open up a little bit more, you know, who knows it's up to him, but I think you're totally right. There is going to be more pressure. There's going to be a bigger spotlight. There is going to be just a bigger media contingent. And uh, yeah, hopefully now that he is, you know, out of all of the dysfunctional features of the angels and has gone through free agency and has that out of the way. Hopefully we see him start to kind of, open up and share a little bit more of himself because, you know, by all accounts, he's like a really fun guy and great teammate. There are some little anecdotes that have come out that really seem like he has a cool personality. So it would be nice to get to see a lot more of that in the coming years.
3: Is there going to be a more pressure packed, panicked moment than when the Dodgers play their first playoff game? Because they're going to win a hundred plus games People are like, oh, now their lineup, they're going to win this. They don't have any pitching. So people are like, oh, they're going to win 82 games. They're going to win 100 games. The Dodgers just win 100 games. Game one of the NLDS is there going to be more pressure on any top three of a lineup than those three
4: guys. I don't think there possibly could be. I mean, it's weird because normally at this time of year, you'd be talking about the the team that's defending the title of like, you know, can the Rangers repeat whatever. But in this case, you're right. It's totally the Dodgers. I think there's just no way to top that amount of of pressure that, you know, obviously six years in Anaheim, oh, Tawny didn't see a playoff game that he's now ideally going to have a chance to do that in what could be one of the best lineups ever. That's just like, an unmatched amount of pressure, I think. And I, I really hope we get to see it because it should be a lot of fun.
0: I think at his press conference, he should go, not one, not two. <laughs> not that sure didn't you, go well. You remember that? Hey, they did win. Just not... Uh, what number did they get up to? Do you remember that during the Miami press conference? they said say three, Six. Four,
2: six, or six.
0: Project,
2: oh, yeah. six or seven. Yeah, Oof.
3: they got two. Ah, it, it gives me chills. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm so... <laughs> I'm like it was embarrassing when he started when he started to get not five, <coughs> not six, and then you could see people in the background like, no, your hair, you're balding. We need to get that <laughs> hair back. Let's win one, just one. It's
0: like Pinocchio. Stop, stop, <laughs> yeah. stop. Um, Emma, we appreciate the time. Uh, thanks for everything you're doing in terms of putting out the uh, the really interesting and unique articles. Appreciate you. Have a good one, Emma.
4: Yeah, thanks so much, guys.
0: Great to talk to you. All right. So, uh, by the way, before we move on, great comment from I think Nonay is how you say it. Shohei's dog's name, Artie. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good.
3: What if it's What if it's Gugan?
0: <laughs> yeah, but Artie's like the dog. He's <laughs> it's the, it's, he's the underdog. He's the loser in this. Like he I loves should his be
1: Morosi. Should be JP or because <sighs> JP and the other reporter got him a bunch more money by saying he was on his way to Toronto. So. Do you think so? Do you think no? That- but it, it it drew some interest. It was just, you know, maybe he named it Blue Jay because he knew he was wasn't ever going there. He was just using him the whole time. Maybe that's why he didn't want to give the dog's name. I, I mean, it's it was it was all fun and games, but you know, it just got crazy, like Emma said, because there was no information out there, so nobody knows anything.
2: I got a question for you, AJ. It's fair for everybody. Is um, like, dang, I just drew a blank.
3: Okay. No, the answer is yes. No. Yeah, it was a got, good question too. Damn. It's because you got Jimmy Rollins goatee going on. That's yeah. what it is. It's taking a little away. bit a
0: little
2: gray. Yeah,
3: Jimmy, oh, You damn, and Jimmy got too question. much gray in it, John.
0: The answer I'm is I yes, I would take the same deal as Otani huh. and be a well, great teammate.
2: You think though <laughs> but honestly it, but, but super teams work? Is it, is it like, is in baseball, teams?
1: we've never really seen one. Have we? The, What's the call? Can you
2: make it the the Yankees?
1: Oh, but nine? they weren't really. But they didn't have this. They didn't have this.
2: They didn't have, row. I mean, the late nineteen twenty-seven
1: when there were six okay. teams. <laughs> I mean, come on. I'm talking in today's game. Like we've never seen anything like this in baseball. Orioles, 2014. <laughs> Close. That we're, didn't work.
2: We're we good there. Yeah, we needed. A but I'm t- like I'm that. talking like
1: MV- Okay, MVP. 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 Right. The first three guys are all former MVPs. Okay. Then you have Will Smith, who's considered one of the top two or three. You know, Muncie. I mean, this is—it's so hard in baseball to do a super team. In basketball, you do a super team with three guys. Okay, there's three of the five players. On baseball, that's only three of the nine position players. And you got to have dudes that pitch, and you got to have dudes that come out of the bullpen, right? And you have to have guys at six other positions in the lineup. So this is—it's going to be an fascinating, fascinating case study. If the Dodgers are able to win and win more than, you know, not only win one, but win more than one. Because you guys keep talking about Mookie and Shohei deferred. Freddie Freeman's got a bunch of deferred money too. So man, you know, the Guggenheim's got the money. They better make it now because, you know,
3: 10 years from now, they're paying everybody. Well, that's what they do. They make their money now. They're they're living, they're living as a $295 billion in assets. They're living at what's called eight and a half prime rate. Where their money is making eight and a half percent because of what how they're able to def, uh, not defer but like push everything all around, and so they you know they mitigate they mitigate the highs but they they mitigate the lows and they take advantage of the highs because they have so much spread over different platforms that this is this is genius by them. I mean it's genius, but it's also showing that they are not in the same category as the guy who they started making CBT rules in the last CBA. You know, everyone's like, Oh, the Steve Cohen rule. And the whole time over there, the Guggenheims are like, what are they doing in baseball? That's like one of our things that we own, right? We like, we're still doing the baseball thing. Okay. That's mm-hmm. cool. That's cool. Cause like, <laughs> that's like, that was fun. That was, that was like a fun hobby that we do on the weekend. It's like, yeah, I have a boat, but we don't really use it. I have a Dodger team, but we don't, you know, it's, it's just kind of a cool thing. We'll get some jewelry
0: from it one year. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good way to put it. And you are right. And I'll I'll read a little bit more about this, but it gets too in-depth, I think, at least for me. But and there's chatter from smart people like Tra- Travis Sochick, who's been a writer for a long time, and then a Reds writer saying, The true net present value of the deal is actually $380 million if you're using their 4.3% rate. I'm thinking they're talking about interest rate there. If they can lock into something better than 4.3%, they could have the whole thing paid off for a fraction of the cost. Because they were talking about how years 2 to 9 and 11 to 19 should be discounted differently based on, I guess, interest rates. I don't know. Getting way too deep for me, but it does make sense, right? This is their bread and butter they know financially how to, and this is why net present value exists. Financially, they're able to put money into whatever the hell they put it into that grows. They pay that off, correct?
3: They, yes. I mean, essentially, if you have, the, the idea is in in a super general term, if you have a million dollars, in seven years, you should have $2 million. Based on how markets grow, You're they're not sitting there going should I invest in Chipotle right now? <laughs> no, they're investing in every, every black bean farmer, farm company in the world that supplies Chipotle. Like like they, they're, they're just riding the markets and essentially saying over time, every seven years, your money doubles. So if you don't have to pay Shohei 68 of his $70 million, where does that money go? That money goes into something that will get them that money, decreasing the actual value of that $68 million, because they could technically, if you put it in the most simple forms, they could put $34 million of the 68 that should be owed this year away, and in seven years, not 10, in seven years, that will be worth $68 million. So now they have another three years which is basically, you know, essentially half of the seven years, a little less than half, for that $68 million, that was $34 million, to even grow more. So that's why the present value is way less, and it's actual dollars.
0: Perfectly stated. Clip that. I love that. And by the way, I didn't catch this. I got to read some of his recent work, but apparently Tom Verducci said the Dodgers got worried on Friday night and they upped their offer. Okay. See, to worked.
3: JP worked. You guys made fun of me. JP's JP getting a works. kickback. Is JP getting a nice Japanese little Mel leather, A nice Japanese leather like <laughs> microphone now, like JP Morosi. Oh, not a data. Oh, must. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: I think the players' union should be like, thanks. All the players should be like, thank you, appreciate you. Call JP. Wait, wait,
3: wait. Media can persuade contracts. Wait a minute. You mean like they can – can they squash contract values said one Mm -hmm. on one show (laughs) or network they could do that if that was leaked to certain people? Wait a minute. What are you talking about, Scott?
0: Smart finance people can tweet out a stock they're interested in and raise the freaking price by themselves, so – Media can up deals. Media can try and bring down deals. And in this case, good for them. All right, let's get to Yamamoto, okay? Because we haven't talked to Mr. Jones about him, and he's got some insight for us, obviously, playing overseas for a couple years. So Mark Feintam with the latest report here that Yamamoto has already met with the Yankees, the Mets, the Giants. He's going to meet with the Red Sox, and then two or three more teams, including the Blue Jays, will also likely meet with him. So... Jonesy, what are teams getting? What do you think's going to happen? And do you know him personally? Do you know people around him? Did you face him? I know him personally. He was my teammate for two years,
2: and I mean, he—I was with him and um, Yoshida. So I first seen both of them. I'm just like, oh yeah, you guys can ball. Y'all, y'all, <laughs> y'all want to y'all don't want to be here no more. Y'all want to get over to America. Um, my greatest thing though, I told. Um, I think the best piece of advice I think I told Yamamoto was when I went to talk to him, I was like, you have aspirations to go to America. he said yes, he takes English classes. Um, I said, the biggest thing about America in MLB is all nine hitters want to jump you over here, three, four hitters. That's it. Everybody else is going to slap the ball, put the ball in play. That's why it's really tough. Also to, if you're looking at his strikeouts, that's more impressive because their hitters are very, uh contact oriented by we've all played against the Japanese players they are contact oriented hitters um so for him to go out and really strike out really one an inning is really impressive based on just how the style of play is but what teams are going to get is somebody who is posted he's made all his starts he's healthy he works he is a tireless worker like i've seen the guy on his days off that he shouldn't even come in he's out there working he's flexible stretches he makes sure he's he gets his throwing in. I think he throws a little bit too damn much, but what do I know? My arm don't hurt because I ain't got to do it no more. Um, he has these darts that he throws, and it's pretty impressive how he throws them. And he's throwing them, you know, 100 plus 200 feet. Um, but he's a tireless worker, and you know, I think he likes the big spot. I think he likes and wants to win. Uh, by him being on a WBC team, by uh, the team Oryx Buffalo's back-to-back champions in Japan. like He's tasted success in the last two, three years. And even my last year in 21, we lost the finals, but we got there. So the last three years, he's been in the thick of it, in in a winning situation. I don't think he would like to come over to America and just take the money and go to a losing situation. So I think the teams that have the best chance to win have the best chance to landing him because... All these teams are going to pay him the, you know, similar money. It's just going to boil down to how you know who wants to who wants him and can he win. And by Otani doing this and deferring so much money, open the floodgates because we also if Otani goes here, Yamamoto can't join him. It's just too much money on the books. You can add him.
3: Everybody can have him. Everybody wants yeah. him, and he's going to get what he wants: winning yep. and money. Is there something about his? motion like he's got a really when i say a quick arm his Mm -hmm. his you know he has that like pause go and then it pops out do you think that's going to translate in big league baseball to something that we've seen before is it going to be something that it's going to take a long time for guys to make adjustments to this guy
2: I mean, I don't think it'll take a long time because MLB hitters are the best hitters in the world, and they make adjustments, you know, on the fly. And we have been accustomed to seeing more Japanese pitchers and Asian pitchers over the last couple of years. But he changes. He changes windup. This was not his windup. He's quick pitching. He's doing that as as his main, uh, as his main um, in his rotation, and or delivery. And you know, again, he's 95, 97, and that split is 91 miles an hour. And it is a hard, hard split. It's one of those like Roger Clemens splits that you know you think you can hit it, but you're not on it. And you know, it's just a matter of navigating yourself through the the lineup. And again, he has guys with you Udar, with you Darvish, with Otani, with Tanaka, um, with um you got it was Kuroda. He has guys in his in Singa, who's the newest one, uh, guys in this corner he can take information off of and, and how to approach the American style. You've seen Singa struggled earlier in the season with uh, – he got strikeouts, but he was walking guys because, you know, American guys, they make you work. They didn't, they don't – they're not – like the, the velocity doesn't get to us over in America. So I just think that he has the right people in this corner to talk to and get information. So I don't think he's going to come in just like – Novice, but I think hitters are also going to come in and be like, okay, I have an understanding of his delivery and how the ball comes out of his arm. And, you know, although he's short, his arm is really whippy. He's got that forcing ride. But again, American hitters, I just think, are just fantastic. So uh, I think the adjustment's always going to be made, but I think his stuff is going to be elite.
0: Adam, I've also heard that he does not lift weights and he has this plastic javelin program. Do you know anything about this?
2: Yeah, that's what I was talking about, these arrows. Okay. And, you know, he sits there and he like crow hops, and I try to do it with him. And he <laughs> crow hops and launches these arrows really far. It's like those little things like when we grew up as kids, those little like long nerf dart. nerf Yeah, long, long dart. darts. you exactly are me all the time. Exactly what they are. They're lawn darts. And he sits huh. out there and chugs them. Um, he's not the strongest guy. Uh he but he's incredibly flexible. I told him, I said, you're gonna to have to eat a little bit more than Gohan in America. That's rice. You're gonna to <laughs> have to be a little bit more of that. You're gonna to have to eat some some a little bit more of that steak, all that sushi you eat, you can triple that. Uh you're gonna to have to get stronger. And I just think that will come with uh knowledge of American uh culture, knowledge of how we just the preparation. Um it's gonna be a lot more stress. You throw a lot more stress pitches in America, you know, than than I've seen in Japan. So I just think that. He'll he'll fit the mold, and I think he'll just um, adjust to the to the Western style, just like everybody else has. I think when you're good, you're good. It doesn't matter. A friend of mine sent me this stupid video of Babe Ruth saying he couldn't do this in today's era, and I said, "Bro, greats are great.
3: Shut up. You don't know nothing about sports. You aren't great." <laughs> Make the adjustment. <laughs> is he is he gonna is he gonna stay together? In, in your opinion, obviously no, nobody knows. Nobody knows, but you talk about like the size of this guy, and everybody wants to hate on people who are shorter. That's not what I'm talking about. You didn't even say he was shorter; just a little bit skinnier. Like you need you need some heft. Can he can he sustain it? Here's the thing, Mookie.
2: I'll put him and Mookie Betts at similar sizes, similar built. Mookie, Mookie is extremely explosive. Yeah. That's his, what I mean. And so And so is Yamamoto with his arm and his and his power of his legs. Altuve, you can't just say like it's hard to say how someone will hold up. You never know. Obviously you got to play. I mean, you get the there's been some absolute specimens in our in our sports that couldn't hold up. Um I just think that his routine and his adaptation to routine and I've seen his stats this year he threw um, 170 innings. That's 30 innings less. Maybe they put him on the American. Maybe put him on a different program to get his arm. Maybe freshen him up a little bit or, or keep him fresh a little bit. Something. But they put him on a different program this year. Maybe in anticipation of coming to America. Great movie. Um, but I, I think that he'll adapt, uh, um, and I just think that he'll be. I think he'll be dominant. Obviously, it's going to take time by getting through obviously getting through getting through these lineups and why we got our taste by seeing him the best lineup he's ever faced was team mexico that was the best line he's ever seen in his career and he did really well against them all those all those guys are major leaguers just it's going to be different when um uh, you know you're in the in major league stadium with you know you're facing the braves or facing the yankees or whatever team he's not just the opposing teams just a little bit different and i just think he's up for the challenge which is great
0: and maybe, depending on the team, they sell him on every sixth day, whether it's every, all year or at least in the beginning. I mean, the Mets did that a lot with Kodai Senga this past season. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to do that going forward, but his numbers were, I mean, elite pretty much. By the end of the year, he was pitching like a one. I mean, he was a two if you look at his overall season. So you, it's hard to not replicate that. And he stayed pretty healthy, obviously.
2: Did he go six days all year or did it change throughout the
0: year? It was mostly all year. six. I, I, oh, I, I think
2: that's effect. smart. I think that's smart, it, especially with Singa. He's had uh, a history of injuries in Japan. That was a big thing with him mm-hmm. was he had elite stuff, but he had some injuries. So maybe keeping him on his six day is good. I know Darvish um, has been on the American, fi- uh, the American uh, rotation. Shohei. He pitches when he says he pitched. He can wake up like, I just want to pitch today. You, you ain't got nothing about it. You ain't going to say nothing about it. <laughs> so that's how I think he was in L.A. Um, it, it's If they keep him on his rotation, fine. I just think that with his, uh, with his sustainability and how he's been, I think he can adjust to it. But, again, the, the Japanese, they throw a lot. They throw a lot. And, like, off days and all this, they throw a lot. And their whole – Uh, thing about it is just, you know, work, work, work. And, you know, one thing I told them is that there's days you need to just get away and let your arm relax. Let it just relax. Let your body relax. They don't understand that yet. But I think that by having the Tanaka's and having guys that have been over to America for for a long time, not just one year guys, guys that had really good careers over here. I think he has a, a, a lot of information going forward on how to opposed to just like, you know what? I'm the first one, like a Dale Nomo, and I'm just going to figure it out. Or he, I think he has a, just a lot of information on his side this, this go-around.
0: Yeah, it's really good stuff, and he's picked the perfect time to be a free agent, yeah. too. And That's if he goes even... to
3: L.A., he can drive a yeah. Rolls Royce. But I say go to San Diego. Why does he need to drive a Rolls Royce? He
0: likes Rolls Royces. Does he?
3: Does he oh like nice he, – he's
2: like – Oh, yummy. Ooh, ooh. He's a big watch guy. Ooh. And <laughs> I mean, again, you got – L.A., if you guys want – if somebody wants Yamamoto –
0: Get him a nice old paddock.
2: Kings right on Rolls Royce, New York, man. No, but he's, again, I just think he wants to be in the limelight. And the limelight is two cities in America. We know that. That's New York and LA. Mm-hmm. If I was to take a guess, I'd say he'd be in one of them. Uh, I don't know which, but, you know, there's, there's, but his, his his good friend and countryman
3: sure as hell paved a way for him to go over there. Is he, is he, Enough of a star for what? Because we always talk about. He have not been on here for a minute. We talk about the Giants. They need a star. Does he have mm-hmm. that personality that you're like, whoa, this guy like lights up the room, lights up like I want to come and see this team because Yamamoto's on this team, or is it more of a reserved, like behind the scenes type of type of star that we're looking uh,
2: at? It's it's a little bit of both like he's got a great laugh he's very involved with his teammates like he's not the you know stay behind be closed behind the window behind the doors he's out there like it practices and all that stuff we practice a lot he was always out there front and center did his work but would always be around he always tried to speak to the americans it was me a guy named tyler higgins stephen moya uh was over there um stefan romero and uh so we he would always talk to the american guys uh he just he wanted to learn like that was the coolest thing about him is he wanted to learn the western culture and by him by, by him doing that told me he wants to go to america to play he wants to play in mlb and he took all the steps he took english classes um he sure as hell knows how to spend spend some money that's very american so uh i think that (laughs) i think that he's got some things built into him that that's very american and you know i I think he's up for the challenge and you know by winning three straight of their cy youngs i don't know the exact name of the cy young i don't want to butcher it and and be disrespectful but he's won three straight cy youngs over there it's time to go and, and challenge yourself somewhere else and you know there's no better else to challenge yourself than major league baseball so as a as a former teammate and as a friend, somebody who's able to hopefully give him a little bit of uh, information and knowledge, I can't wait for his arrival because I want to go see it.
0: So, last one, and then we'll bring on our next guest, Eric Johnson, uh, big man in the pitching world for the Cincinnati Reds. We'll go over the fancy schmancy title in a sec for him. But um, do you think that Yamamoto wants to share the spotlight with Otani and the sponsorships and everything else, or he wants to be the king of his own? If not organization, city, even which to me makes me feel like he's more on the New York side of things. Well, he's no one's going to be Otani. Otani's
2: mm-hmm. on every billboard. The only person who's Otani is Ichiro. That's not, and that's it. Godzilla is big. Godzilla still ain't Otani
4: mm-hmm. in the,
2: in in the Japanese market. Uh, I think I think Yamamoto is. I think first off, there's enough to go around, and I think Yamamoto by having Osaka as his base, he's not a Tokyo guy. Even though Shohei is a uh, Nippon guy, he's corporate Tokyo. Let's just call it what it is. I think I think Yamamoto has enough of the twenty million that's in Osaka Kobe area to have his own have his own rights and have his own sponsorship and have his own billboards, everything in Osaka, and have them praise him as they do uh, Otani. So I think I think there's enough to go around, and I think I I don't think he minds. You know if he throws behind him, he said he wants to play with somebody familiar. Someone is, obviously that familiarity means someone Japanese. So there's, no, there's only a few teams that you can do that with. And uh, again, the one opened up uh, immensely and it's just a matter of, of where he wants to go. Uh, I texted him the other day and I was like, Hey, we any decisions. He ain't texting back. So hopefully he's in, in meetings all the time with, and just trying to make the best decision for him. Um, he's a single guy. So, you know, he's about to. Who? he might buy two Rolls Royces. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Home and Road. If the Dodgers sign him, how much more does that patch go up for a Japanese
0: Ooh, company? Oh wow! They have I mean, two you dudes.
3: Can, it might you pay got for Nintendo, Yamamoto's contract.
2: You got Marushin. You got Nippon. I mean, they're gonna They're gonna have their own ramen brand. They go. I mean, it's, they're gonna have their own beef. Maybe get the Shohei Yamamoto uh, Ooh, beef. Uh,
3: what's that called? Oh,
2: you got the wagyu, you got the a5, you got the kobe, you got the miyazaki beef, you got the hokkaido, you got the awaji which is the best. I mean, yeah, where that's do you the go? one
3: that was the championship awaji. There you go. Yeah, I like that's- how they put championship at their <laughs> That's that's the name. That, if they just get an awaji, awaji patch on there, it just says championship. And then each year they win one, they just put like a a 2.
0: I like that. All right. That was really good stuff. Really good insight there. Let's slap. All right, Kratzats. What do you got for us?
3: Wrong side. Yo, know, Cooperstown Classic, Syracuse Sky Chiefs.
0: That's it? No, no description, no nothing. Just That's gonna it. say the name?
3: That's it. I figured AJ would be like I you played always have the a Cooperstown Classic. <laughs> no, I didn't play in that. <laughs> you didn't plan that the the yeah, it was the Hall of Fame game that they used to have during this they changed it to the Cooperstown Classic.
1: I do I, I played there after I was retired. That don't count. I never yeah, played was, there when I was uh, playing. Oh,
3: you never played during the season. Oh. No chance, dude. They killed that shit. No, no, there was, <laughs> it was 2000, it was two thousand, it was two thousand six or seven. I think two thousand seven.
1: Yeah, you were in AAA. I was winning World Series. No, it no, 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 no,
3: no, 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 no. They flew the Orioles in. They flew the Blue Jays in. Oh, they no. all played one inning, and then they, <laughs> those dudes, beat Ooh. it, and then the AAA guys played.
1: No, what we mean? didn't do any of that stuff. Brutal. Not during the year. We did it. We did it uh, in like spring training. but We never did it during the year.
0: And you no, played they, in the game though it. after. After. Yeah, after I was
1: retired, I played in the yeah. Hall of Fame game. But that was yeah. after I was retired. Yeah. Although I didn't officially retire, so maybe that counts. Maybe, no,
0: maybe you were the only
3: active player ever in the Hall of Fame game. True.
0: He never retired, so I tell people that. Oh, we have a current player host. <laughs> and And I'm like AJ Brzezinski and they're like didn't he retire I'm like no he didn't announce it he might play there's no paper announced it Jackie Bradley Jr. said that remember this report came out and we had him on the other day and he's like I didn't retire I might come back I want him to spite everyone and come back so bad
1: that'd be great like
0: stop with the fake news reporters I'm freaking playing if you have a question ask me um anyway uh this one's for AJ we have The College Football Bowl Pick'em Challenge. Obviously, there's not baseball games right now, but there are college football games for existing BetMGM Sportsbook account holders. BetMGM is giving um, our customers on BetMGM the opportunity to win a grand prize of up to $25,000 if they predict the most college football bowl games against the spread correctly out of the eligible users. Log into the app, go to the Promotions tab, um, hit up the College Football Bowl Pick'em Challenge, complete and submit the challenge entry, one entry per customer. Um, You don't need to make those selections all at once. They can be made on games up until kickoff for each game. And then you have the opportunity to win up to $25,000 if you predict the most college football games against the spread correctly out of the eligible users. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: Yeah. when will be the first day we have a show we don't talk about him since he signed I just was and- going to
0: stop freaking following my sentences or finishing them i was going to say maybe tomorrow wednesday isn't we his press off. conference tomorrow though yeah no it's thursday
1: oh what? so we're not going to not talk about him until at least next week
0: well we're going to talk about him either thursday or friday depending on what time that press conference is but let's say, try tomorrow- Yamamoto tomorrow.
1: Let's see. Yeah, but tomorrow you'll, we'll have to say, oh, Otani's press conference is tomorrow. Then Thursday, oh, his press conference is today. And then Friday, you know, the three questions he answers in his press conference where he gets up and walks out.
0: <laughs> and then maybe next week. Some people are like, AJ's hey, jealous that he doesn't have a $700 million contract. I'm like, yeah, oh, hell he is. yeah, yeah. He is but who's jealous? Not? Everybody else. Hell who's yeah. Jealous. jealous. I mean, geez. Come on. Yeah, of course they're jealous. everyone on wednesday on ft live appreciate you fam subscribe if you don't already hit the like button see you wednesday the guggenheims aren't jealous that's who Hey, get in on the action with the FT fam at BetMGM. New customers use the bonus code FOUL, F O U L, for a $1,500 first bet offer. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your BetMGM Sportsbook account. Place your first wager and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if the bet loses. If that bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLING.